Hello, everybody. This is Tom Brew, your Fastball on Fast Nation publisher, uh, Sports Illustrated, Fan Nation, uh, all things breaking news baseball. And uh, we start uh, today with uh, our second uh, uh, division preview of the season that gets ready to roll on Thursday. And today we're breaking down the uh, very interesting uh, National League East and uh, very happy to bring in uh, our new uh, Fastball on Fan Nation reporter, Brady Farkas, to, to break that down with us. Brady, how are you this morning? I am well, Tom. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Yep, opening day just, uh, just a few hours away now, so it's always a, always a special day. Looking forward to get it going, and uh, much like we talked about with the AL East uh, uh, the, uh, in our first preview, this, the NL East is very similar. I think you know it's uh, three teams at the top, all very very good, lots of talent, lots of all star talent, uh, and lots of uh, uh, eyeballs uh, from fan bases. Not only the arch. Uh, uh, the arch enemies uh, who watch, but uh, the, the fans of each team themselves all very excited uh, in regards to what the Mets and the Braves and the Phillies can do this year. Well, you have the team that went to the, to the World Series a year ago in Philly. You have the most fascinating and hated owner in the sport in the division in Steve Cohen. And you have a, a Cy Young winner multi-time who just entered the division in Justin Verlander. So storylines abound in this division. No question about that, and uh, certainly uh, a very top-heavy. I mean, we will uh, we will get uh, to the Nationals and the Marlins here at some point later in the show, but this is uh, definitely a three-team race that's going to be interesting. So let's let's start at the top there. The uh, um, uh, the Atlanta Braves are uh, the, the slight favorite to win this division now, and that's um, sort of unfortunately been a change uh, after the uh, Edwin Diaz injury in the World Baseball Classic, where the Mets. They had been favored prior to him going down with a season-ending injury and you know, certainly one of the best closers in the business. So let's sort of start there uh, uh, with the Braves. I mean, when, uh, on, this, on the scale of 1 to 10, uh, how, uh, what's your confidence level there with the Braves in regards to them being the team that winds up winning this division? Well, I definitely think the Braves are loaded. It's, fair, it's fairly obvious they won 101 games a year ago, and they appear to be better this year. They're going to get a full season, hopefully, out of Ozzie Albies, who was hurt last year. Full season out of Acuna, who played 119 games last season. And now they've added Sean Murphy, who is a power-hitting catcher and was third among all qualified catchers in uh, in war last year. So they've taken strengths of their team, and they've gotten better. And now Matt Olson is just well, – he's hitting 430 this spring coming into Monday – or coming into Tuesday with eight home runs and 18 RBI. So this is an offense that looks dynamic. Pitching – I don't know that I so much have a question about it, but it's young. And whenever there's young pitching, there's always a little bit of a question there. Can Spencer Strider repeat and go above and beyond? Kyle Wright's on the IL. What's happened to Ian Anderson? He's in AAA. So, uh, you know, Charlie Morton, obviously older. What can he do? So, you know, the the Braves are very, very good. I feel great about their offense. Pitching has some questions. But overall, how could you not feel good about them? Scale of 1 to 10, you got a number? <clears throat> Confidence level wise, uh, I'll say six, but it's not an indictment on them. It's more of how good the Phillies and the Mets are, and how competitive that division will be. Absolutely, no question. I get that one bit. That was, um, you know, I I ter- totally agree with you. I I take that not as an indictment at all. I mean, it's, I think the Braves are the best team in the National League. I think uh, that lineup is scary good from top to bottom. I think adding Murphy uh, really. Uh, not only adds a huge piece to the lineup and just lengthens it so much, but I love him as a catcher too. And uh, when you've got a young pitching staff, I think uh, uh, his presence there alone, I think will be big. I, I too have, uh, you know, as the Braves 
uh, winning that division, but I think it's going to be close all the way to the end. So let's let's kind of dive real quickly then uh, to those other teams, the storylines from the Mets and the Phillies. Uh, let's start with the Mets. What's it going to take for them uh, to win this division, and what sort of concerns, you know, obviously outside of the Diaz thing do you have with the Mets? Well, the, the Diaz thing is the big concern to how it impacts the bullpen. David Robertson, an older reliever. Brooks Raley, a guy who comes from Tampa who you know who's good, but you know, I've never really seen him as a closer type. And Adam Adovino, another older reliever. So you're relying on older or more inexperienced back-end arms and Rayleigh to kind of get you across the finish line. So I would say that is my biggest issue for them. And then, you know, just offensively, again, relying on some older players. Does Francisco Lindor stay healthy? And is he the Lindor of 2022 or is he the Lindor of 2021? Um, Starling Marte, a guy who's been beat up, who's had a great spring, what does he do this year? So I think the Mets are very, very good, but uh, you know, quite a questionable at the beginning of the year, keeping Brett Beatty down in favor of Eduardo Escobar to be the everyday third baseman. So, you know, look, I love Buck Showalter. I love their starting staff. I love the addition of Verlander. We'll see what happens with the Mets, but uh, certainly another very good contender. Yeah, let's just talk real quick about that pitching too. What do you, Now, how do you feel about Scherzer and Verlander? I'm obviously both of them getting up in age. How – What's your comfort level with them being able to go from April to October uh, without having to get shut down at various times of the season? I mean, my comfort level with with older pitchers is never great, but these guys have shown that they can do it, and they've shown it time and time again. And I understand it could impact their ability to win the division, but if these guys end up on the 15-day injured list sometime in June or in July, it might not be the worst thing for the Mets and have these guys fresh down the stretch. I, I think they're a playoff team. I don't know if they'll win the division if they have to do that, but I think they're a playoff team and they just might be able to, to benefit from these guys having a little time off at some point throughout the year. It could very well be. All right, well, the Phillies uh, finished third in the division last year. We're uh, kind of very clearly in watching for seven, eight months last year, the third best team in the NL East, but then they made the playoff run and did great, uh, made it to the World Series. Uh, uh, that postseason was, was fabulous and fun to watch and since then, I mean, here's a team that was in the World Series and then added all sorts of major pieces as well, too. So, uh, uh, you know, obviously, uh, looking at the win totals, you know, from our friends at FanDuel, they still have the Phillies as the third best team in the NL East this year. But, man, I really like this team and I like this lineup. And, you know, it's certainly going to make for a great three-team race. What is it about these Phillies you like so much? Spending Dave Dombrowski, you know, in, in a league where everybody just wants prospects and everybody wants to hoard and cultivate homegrown talent, which I do too. Dave Dombrowski breaks the mold, and it's worked for him in Detroit, although they didn't win the World Series. It worked for him in Boston where they did win the World Series, and now it's he's trying to make it work for him in Philly. So he's a guy who goes against the grain, who goes against what is now conventional thought. They go out and they get Trey Turner. We saw what he did in the World Baseball Classic. He can be a dynamic piece at the top of their lineup. They go get Craig Kimbrell. They go get uh, Soto from from Detroit, who's an electric back-end reliever. So they fortified their weakest area, which was the back end of the bullpen. They have Turner. Harper's going to be back at some point this year, probably towards June or so, I think I just read. So, you know, they just – they continue to get better. And, uh, you know, they're – Dave Dabrowski is never one to rest on past achievement, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, so do you think the Phillies, uh, obviously, you know, with the win totals out, you know, they're they're – they're looking at being, you know, three to six games behind uh, the Braves there. You think they're capable of making up that sort of difference over the course of six months and possibly I think they're, winning this division? 
I think they're probably in line to finish second. I'd probably pick the Mets third at this point. Okay, sounds good to me. Uh, it's going to be interesting, though, no question about it. All right, let's touch uh, quickly on the other two teams in that division. The Miami Marlins, to me, uh, are similar to what we kind of talked about yesterday with the Baltimore Orioles. There's, there is a lot of really young talent on that team that's exciting uh, to, to see how they grow and develop. But man, they're in a division where they got to beat a bunch of bunch of really good teams. Uh, uh, where, where do you what do you like about this Marlins team? Obviously, you got great starting pitching at the top there. But what do you like about this team, and and how much noise can they make this year? I think they can make some noise. Maybe I think the Orioles are a fair comparison. I think they can be a team that kind of hovers around five hundred. You're right, pitching is good. They've got the young pitching, which I don't know if we'll see. You know, Yuri Perez this year, but he's one of the top pitching prospects in the sport. So there's kind of an exciting. Um, dynamic up and down the pitching you know gamut for them from the major league staff to the minor league staff but i like what they've done offensively you know kind of quietly they go out and they get the al batting champ in luisa rice they go out and they bring in yuli guriel who's a prior batting champ i know he's older too but i like the way guriel plays and what he can do for that lineup they go get gene segura so they've made some moves offensively where they were pretty anemic last year to go out and 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 better themselves and you know with it theoretically being easier to hit this year because of some of the rule changes, I think their offense can take another boon forward from that. And I like some of the veteran pieces they brought in. Absolutely. One of the things too, that, that, that with a team like that, you know, with it's got you know, those better bats, I can see them going on like a 10 2 run at different times of the season where they, where they sort of get hot, stay hot. Uh, and depending on how the schedule's breaking it, uh, you know, maybe some playoff contenders might run into them at the wrong time or whatever. I can, I can see them, being on rolls for a while. And I don't know how long they can hold it up, uh, but certainly I think, you know, for a team that's not projected uh, to really be a playoff team, especially in that division, I still think they're going to be a fun team to watch. And I think it's going to be um, sort of curious as to as to how they do and where they go. Because, you know, the Marlins are always that team, like, yeah, if they ever get out, when they get off the bad starts, it's like, do you worry, you know, at the trade deadline that they just – sell off every piece but you know i think i seem to think that they're making moves in the right direction now whereas this is sort of 2023 is an interesting building block year for them it's like all right let's see what we can do this year see how close we can get to being a contender and then figure out what we might need to do in 2024 to be part of this mix all the time remember they made the playoffs in the covid year uh in the shortened season so they've shown the ability recently to go on you know, kind of a, a 60 game run on a, you know, a, I don't know what that would be, a third of the season, a little less than, a little more than a third of the season run. So see if they can put it together. They do have, again, exciting young pitching prospects. They go, they trade away Pablo Lopez to get a rise. That's interesting. We'll see how it pans out. But uh, Marlins are, I put them in the interesting category. I don't know if I put them in the really good category. Nope, I would agree with that. All right. And let's lastly touch on the Nationals. I'm in complete rebuild mode. Uh, Who's on the I, Nationals anymore? I know. I know. I was uh, trying to think of that earlier. It's like, man, that would be like the good trivia question these days for even the most ardent of baseball fans. You know, name five national starters, and I think it would be pretty hard to do. But uh, certainly uh, in complete rebuild mode, only projected to win 59 games. going to be a long, long year for the Nationals. It's all worth it because they won the title a couple of years ago. That's what I say. It, it's worth it because they won the title. They do still have Steven Strasburg on this roster. They've got Kybert Ruiz who they got from the Dodgers, Josiah Gray, who they got from the Dodgers. So there are some young, exciting prospects, but uh, it is going to be a long year. It's all about prospect development, that's for sure. Absolutely. All right, last uh, last question, the third uh, the third of our three today. It's, uh, um, you know, 
I have when I do my three ups, three downs thing. It's uh, um, you know, it's uh, I, I was looking long and hard here, and I think the I think the odds makers sort of have this right, you know, as to where it's at. Um, you know, they the, they dropped the Mets from the ninety six and a half to ninety three and a half just off of the Diaz injury, and I'm I'm kind of thinking it might even be more than that. I I think the I think trying to fix that, and we we talked about it a lot earlier. It's like it's really hard when you lose uh, your closer for just for any team. But for, to me, you know, Diaz might be one of the top five or 10 most important players in baseball. And it's, I think it's a substantial loss enough that, that I'm concerned as to whether or not the Mets can truly win 94 games without him, especially if the Phillies and Braves really play well in this division. I, to me, like, I'm not real sold on that. I, they, in my final three downs, I did not have the Mets in there, but I looked long and hard at them. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, and then the three up, same thing too. I think, you know, the Braves, like you mentioned, won 101 games last year, you know, I, you know, 95 and a half is that number. I, I just, I really like this Braves team to be in the world series this year. I think they're the best team in the national league. I do have them on my top three going over that because I do think they're the best team in the national league. Any thoughts on my thoughts there? Yeah. I think the Braves are excellent. I think the Mets are still a 90 win team, but as far as being under, 93 and a half. I, yeah, I, I think so, but not by much. I think they're a 90 win team. I think they get to the playoffs. I do think it is going to be um, tough in that division. I do think the back end of the bullpen is a real question, but we do know this. We know Steve Cohen's going to spend. We know he's going to go out. So if there's a move to be had at the trade deadline for a closer, they will make it. And uh, they may be able to make up some ground in the back half of the season for sure. There's certainly no doubt that Steve Cohen can afford to go out and buy another closer. There's no yes. question about that. But uh, certainly, uh, as we much like we mentioned with the AL East race, I, you know, I'm really looking forward to what goes on in the National League East this year. Uh, I, I love uh, all three of those teams. I love watching them too. I certainly uh, enjoyed that Phillies postseason run a lot. It's uh, I can I can imagine my TV being kind of locked in on a lot of uh, uh, National League East games, you know, on my MLB package all year long for sure. So, Brady, thank you very much for joining us today on the NL East preview. We'll have stories up on fastball. Everybody can read all about it. We'll link to all the other stuff on these teams as well. The AL East preview will be up as well, and we'll do the American League West next. Brady, thanks for being part of the show today. Thanks, Tom.